This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Garden Show is brought to you by The Urban Nature Store. Everything for folks who love wild birds. Six GTA locations including Woodbridge, Mississauga, and Oshawa. Visit urbannaturestore.ca. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions. Because it's time to dish the dirt on the AM740 Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. And the sous chef of the garden, Franklin Proctor. Good morning, one and all. And good. Charlie. Uh, happy spring. Uh, yeah, oh, yeah, sure. Tell Mom Nature, would you? I mean, she's all screwed up. There's something really wrong with Mom Nature. What are you talking about? There's like no snow. Out well, I know no snow, but I want some warm weather, Charlie. Oh, come on. Come the on. rain is good. Rain is no. good. It's melting well, away all the ice in the ground okay. and washing all the dirt off everything. Yeah. yeah. Well, hey, you know what? You brought a special guest. I did. So it's not only Welcome Spring, it's Welcome Sean James. Sean James, who is with Fernridge Landscaping, also Eco Consulting Design. Now, i got to find out what the hell that means. <laughs> John, what does it mean? Thank you very much. Well, um, <laughs> eco-consulting really is a, a big picture thing where you do everything that you can for the environment, uh, everything from uh, rain gardens to protecting pollinators to planting native plants, uh, even permaculture, edible landscaping falls under that umbrella. It's, it's really kind of nifty wow. the way it all dovetails together. Very, very heavily uh, connected there. But yeah. one of Sean's mantras within that whole idea of sustainability mm-hmm. and ecological, you know, limiting the footprint. But a lot of what your real thing that probably keeps you awake at night is beauty should never be compromised. Absolutely. It doesn't have to be. Any type of landscaping, uh, whether it's traditional landscaping or, or rainscaping, can be, should be mm-hmm. just as beautiful, if mm-hmm. not more so than any other type of... Traditional yeah. ornamental garden. Absolutely. It's, there's so many opportunities to create beautiful things. You just follow the same rules, like flowers come and go, texture will make or break your landscape. Mm-hmm. That, you follow that and everything else falls into place. Well, you can tell, of course, that uh, Sean is a master gardener, as is our own Charlie Dobbin. And we're inviting your calls. To and Sean, ads. I just want to say, and Sean is also a graduate of Niagara Parks. Oh. Very yeah. famous uh, horticultural school and past president of the Milton District Horticultural Society. So Sean's highly involved and a very smart guy. And we were talking before the show about all the social media stuff, so we might want to oh talk Lord. a bit more about that you later on. You would not believe how this guy's connected. I mean, it's, so what are, from me. he's, not, he's plugged <laughs> in. I think he has a, a 5,000-foot extension cord. Uh, anyway, uh, we're going to be back to talk more with Sean and, of course, Charlie. But let me give you the phone numbers because yes, you've got, got a few things going on. Announcements, too. Yes, you do. Okay. Thank so you. in Toronto, Toronto callers, please call 416-360-0740. And then anywhere else in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Of course, our mantra is call early, call often. One question per call or patrolman proctor will pull you right off the highway there and And give you a ticket. Yes. Yes. And, of course, let uh, (laughs) Justin know if you're a first-time caller and... 
You'll be welcome to the show. Get your wings. Your wings. Yes. Your pollinator-friendly wings. Exactly. Okay, now time comes for all the announcements from Charlie. Okay, so sit back while I tell you all the announcements. All right. (laughs) All right. Okay, this is a big one for next week. Mm. Next Saturday, March the 28th, the Scarborough CD Saturday and Green Fair will be going on all day from 11 a.m. to 4 p.m. This is a very big event in Scarborough. This is where all the organizations come together. It takes place at the Blessed Cardinal Newman Catholic High School, which is at 100 Brimley Road South, so just south of Kingston Road. Seeds are exchanged. There's all kinds of learning and sharing around sustainability. Um, Buy heirloom and organic seeds. Join workshops on sprouting, on soil and composting and more. Lots going on. It's what's sort of jumped out at me was the day promises to be fun for everyone. The fair is hosted by the Stewards of the Earth at St. Agatha Catholic School, which would probably be a student group, I would think, the Stewards of the Earth, and the Tree Huggers at Blessed Cardinal <laughs> Newman Catholic High School. Again, I would think that's a student organization and Seeds of Diversity. I wonder so, if they've ever tried to hug a redwood. You know those giant redwoods? They're hard to hug. Well, you need well, about yeah. 20 people. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a giant hug for a giant tree. Exactly. Group hugging. Uh, and one more thing. The Hamilton and Burlington Row Society is holding their very first for 2015 meeting on Sunday, March 29th. So next Sunday, 2 p.m. at the Royal Botanical Gardens, at the Royal Botanical Gardens Centre, located at 680 Plains Road West in Burlington. They're in rooms number three and four. The speakers, Renee Schmitz from Palatine Fruit and Roses, which which is Niagara-on-the-Lake. Mm-hmm. They also have a winery, too, Palantine, I believe. Do they? Palantine. You winery. would know that. Yeah, I think I think they do. I think Sean and I would know about the roses. Oh, yeah. But well, you, I know about the wine. You would well, know about no, the wine. you and your little wine bags, you, you know, <laughs> weed your lawn. My, my backpack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the subject is, what is new in roses? Everyone, of course, is welcome to attend the meeting. There's no entrance fee or parking fees. For more information... Uh, feel free to contact at hbrosesociety at simpatico.ca. Okay. Uh, we're going to be going to uh, callers in just a couple of moments. Uh, first of all, let me say on behalf of myself and Charlie how delighted we are that Sierra Sill has renewed their contract and uh, we are the spokespersons or, yeah, spoke people, I guess. Spokespersons. <laughs> spokespersons. <laughs> we're, we talk about Sierra Sill and it's nice like to know. we like to enjoy our day without pain. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's nice to be connected with a company that you really do believe in. You know, a lot of guys might, you know, take, you know, whatever stipend they offer, and and (laughs) run with it without really believing in the product. But honestly, both of us are very, very strong supporters of all that Sierra Sill stands for now. But it's a pretty believable product. For some some people who might not have heard Mm -hmm. of, hard to believe, but there are (laughs) people out there who haven't heard of Sierra Sill. So, Charlie, kind of a little brief uh, tour. Thank you. It's a completely (laughs) natural mineral supplement taken uh, three little pills a day, somehow oils the joints, mm-hmm. takes the creaks out of the, the knees, the uh, wrists. It's kind of WD-40 for humans. That's right, yeah. f- for the joints. Now, it doesn't work for everybody. It works for most, but not everybody. You will know within 14 days whether your, your pain has been mm-hmm. relieved in your joints, and that's where the connection comes from, how to contact them. They do have a phone number, which is one eight seven seven joint 14 They have a great website, sierrasill.ca. It's also available in many health food stores. And, of course, uh, you want to check out their analgesic spray, the topical spray. It's wonderful. And 
the, the aroma. You smell just like you've fallen out of a pine tree, as I want to say. What? It, oh, I, my won't is to say that, but I won't again. Uh, <laughs> all right. Phone, num- phone number? Well, of course, you've given the phone number, but yep. it's spelled S-I-E-R-R-A-S-I-L. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef of the garden here, Frank Proctor, welcoming uh, Sean James, who is with us. He is with Fernridge Landscaping and Eco Consulting Design, along with our other master gardener, who's always here, yeah. Charlie Dobbin. <laughs> always being yeah, the operative word. Always. Oh, my God, I can't get rid of her. Okay, but you want to hear um, something funny? I got okay. an email from one of our listeners uh, this past week, and she lives, she said, I'm in a small town, a condominium townhouse, very small yard. I want to put a tree in my small yard. My condo corporation has given me a choice of four trees. Which one do you think I should choose? And she mentions the word small yard. That's all I know. The trees they're recommending, sugar maple. He gods. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Acer camp pastry, which could be, you know, get huge, but still. Um, pyramidal oak. And, another, oh, uh, crimson king maple. Aye. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I respond, I go, your answer to your condominium corporation is that you want none of those trees. <laughs> Zero, Zippo, you don't want those. <laughs> I, I made two suggestions, you know, amelanchier, service berry, ornamental, doesn't get too big. I suggested paper bark maple, oh, acer chrysium, mm-hmm. uh, again, very ornamental, doesn't get too big. And I said, but tell your condominium corporation I am available for hire if they wish to have proper consultation because those four are very bad choices. You know, that's a good, choice. Yeah, that's a good point to bring. We hardly ever mention this, mm-hmm. and we should, that Charlie is a master gardener, but she is a landscape expert. And Highly trained up. horticulturalist. Yeah, there you go. And you need help in your backyard or your front yard, wherever. Your condominium her, small backyard. Give her a call. <laughs> we'll give you the numbers and e- e- uh, email and stuff in just a bit. Yeah. But Catherine has been waiting on the line here in Toronto, and uh, she's anxious to talk to you, Charlie. So mm-hmm. hello and, and welcome, Catherine. Yeah, oh, mm, oh, Sean, yes. of course, yes. Hello, Catherine. Hello, and thank you for taking my call, Charlie and um, Frank. Our pleasure. Um, I think I'm, I haven't called you about daffodils before, but a dear friend has brought me four pots uh, over a period of four weeks of those um, little dainty daffodils that you see. Yeah, little mini daffodils. Mini probably. daffodils, yep. yeah. And they've been wonderful. Well, three of them are passe now. One is just coming along. Mm-hmm. What I want to know is, <clears throat> should I wait for them uh, to go, the leaves to go yellow, and then cut the leaves back and, and preserve the bulbs, or should do I not cut them? Mm, good question. You want to keep those daffodils and plant them out in the garden? Yes. And that's a great idea. So, yes, you've got to maintain those plants in the house in a sunny window. Excuse me. Even once they've finished flowering, feed those green leaves. You've got to water the plant. You could even consider a little bit of a a, a very dilute fertilizer to feed the bulbs. And, of course, it's the leaves that are going to absorb sunshine and photosynthesize and create some carbohydrate, which is going to fatten up the bulbs. Catherine, I'm looking across the table at Sean, who is listening to all of this, and (laughs) he is nodding or smiling in agreement, I take it. Oh, Oh, absolutely. Okay. In in other words, um, Charlie, um, if, if the leaves are going... Yellow, 
I, I, I don't worry about that. Just water it as if they were okay. No, no, they will eventually turn yellow. That's very, very normal. Uh-huh. Uh, usually it's about a six to eight week period for them to go from green to completely yellow. So uh-huh. it'll be a long process. And you want to be very careful to not overwater during that process. So but, you're right. The yellower they get, the less water they're going to use. Oh, okay. So feel the weight of the pot or stick your finger in the soil. If there's any dampness in the soil, do not water. Okay. And whatever you do, don't let the pot sit in water. No. Okay. okay. But in other words, I'm not cutting them back. Not until they're completely yellow. All right. Okay. Thank you, Catherine. I, I would say, actually, it's also important to, uh, when you go to put them outside, to divide them mm-hmm. and plant them six to eight inches deep. You don't want them shallow like they are in the pot. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can make a nice little drift with them in the garden. And they are beautiful, beautiful little Oh, plants. they're lovely. Mm-hmm. But they certainly are shallow. <laughs> yeah. Just about coming out of the top of the pot. Well, when they're forced in the pots, they're mm-hmm. planted right on the surface. But Sean brings up a good point, and that is that you've got to get them far yeah. deeper in the real world outside. Okay. All right. Yeah, glad, glad we helped you out there, Catherine, and uh, keep in touch with us here at I AM will. 740. Thank you very much. You bet. Bye-bye. We're Bye. broadcasting live and direct, by the way, from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village as we say hello and welcome to Gloria from Mississauga. Hi, Gloria. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. I have a 50 to a 70-foot Russian olive tree, and since the fall, the squirrels and the chipmunks have been stripping the bark halfway up the tree. And I don't know why, or I think they're using it for bedding. I can't imagine they're eating the bark. Mm -mm. But they're doing a vicious job on it. Is this going to kill my tree? It's not actually going to hurt the tree. They are, you're right, they're using it for bedding. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're just taking the loose stuff, the dead stuff on the outside. They're Mm -hmm. not going to strip and hurt the tree itself. It may look a little weird. Yeah, they're not actually chewing into the tree. I had this exact same thing happen to a honeysuckle one time. Big old honeysuckle shrub. Just the, the squirrels just peeled... All that shredded bark. And, yeah, it looked like it's a so dog's fluffy. breakfast, but they, they really liked it. Okay, <laughs> Made so, a good nest for them. So I don't have to do anything. No, don't worry. I mean, keep an eye on the tree. Make sure that it's looking good in the spring and there's lots of life in it. Always in the spring, we check to make sure that uh, what isn't alive on our trees and shrubs, we remove. So it's a dead wood cleaning up okay. once the you know, buds have, have started to swell and grow. Well, I'm relieved to hear that because I planted this tree 15 years ago all by myself, yeah. and it's doing wonderfully except for all that bark that they're just <laughs> walk, running away with. Yeah. Well, thank you very much. You're Holly. welcome, Gloria. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. You are listening to The Garden Show from AM740 Zoomer Radio. The time is 9.23, so we have to take a little bit of a break, and we will return with Sean James and, of course, Charlie Dobbin. Yes, thank you. We'll be back right after these words. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size, there's more going on in the garden than we do realize. And should little creatures become a big problem, well, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And, of course, with us today, we have Sean James, who is with Fernridge Landscaping and Eco Consulting Design Installation and Maintenance. Yeah, so if you have any questions that would be particularly good for Sean, yeah. he's a native plant specialist, and he's uh, very much into the idea of sustainable design and has rain gardens, you mentioned. Love rain gardens. Love rain gardens, keeping that water on the property, right? Yep. That's and he's a nice guy. Cleaning it. <laughs> he's a nice guy. Has yeah. a great smile. Yeah, he does. Okay. Very friendly. 
Now, Chris, I'm sure has a big smile on his face because it's his turn to get on the air and talk to Charlie and G- uh, Sean. Dunville is where you're located. Chris, hi, good morning. Good morning. How is everybody this morning? Good. Great. Excellent. How are you? Good, good. Uh, question on, I know it as a sensitive plant. Mm-hmm. You know, they curl up when you blow on them. It's a mimosa, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's it called? Mimosa, like the, like the drink. Like the drink. Mimosa. Yeah. <laughs> now, what I, what I have, Charlie, is the shoots come up, and what happens is it keeps the, the leaves on the, on the end, but then I get stuff on it. It, it looks like uh, tiny spider webs. Now, oh, I, okay. I've turned around and tried uh, uh, a brand name of uh, spray on it, but that doesn't seem to, uh, seem to help. Any ideas? And, and uh, what kind of fertilizer could I put on it if I can turn around and get rid of these to give it a little bit of a boost because it looks gangly with just the leaves on, on kind of the end. Yeah, and it's yeah. not super bushy either. No. You're using insecticidal soap on it? Yeah. Okay. Well, if that fails, first of all, take it into the shower with you. Um, <laughs> give it a good bath and the soap... Soapy water will help. Don't be afraid. Um, it is spider mites almost for sure. They're very susceptible. Um, they make webs, do they? They do yeah. little tiny webs. And if you want to oh, see if yeah, they're there, just, you yeah. kind of blow on them and look real close and you'll see them move around. Maybe use a times 10 lens. Um, as soon as the season's nice, get them outside and then nature will take care of it. But you can actually get predatory spider mites that will clean up the two-spotted spider mites. Oh, no kidding. If you really love the plant and you want to spend the money, because it's, it's, it ain't cheap, mm. but it, it works. I've done it, and it's And, really uh, cool. and that, that stuff is called, I could probably get that at a reputable uh, uh, nursery. Uh, natural Insect Control yeah. sells them. And uh, I believe the uh, Natural Insect Control is the name of the company, yep. and they, I, be- I think their website is NIC. I think I so, should yeah. do- I'll double check here. Yeah, yep. Nick. Um, there's all sorts of amazing predatory insects that you can get nowadays, nematodes that will clean up birch leaf miner even. It's just boggling what's available today. Yeah, and if I take that outside, now I put that in a sunny area out of the wind? Start it in a shady area and then move it to a sunny area. They prefer the sun. Oh, yeah, it's going to go through shock if you start it in full sun. It'll sunburn just like we do. Mm. Yeah, start in the shade slowly over a period of several weeks, bring it into a sunnier location. Uh, Sean's point is a good one. The moisture from the shower soap will, will... Theoretically, kill mites as long as it's applied often enough because there are eggs that are going to hatch in the process. So it's a, it's a, a two-week process of uh, applying soap, but, but then not leaving the soap on the plant. You've got to wash it off 24 oh, hours later. Oh, okay. Maybe that's the problem then. Yeah, because soap is actually really hard on plants if it stays on the plants. Right. But realize as well that our dry homes are perfect breeding ground for mites. Mites love the hot, dry um, well, we environment. Frame farmhouse, so there you go. You got dry right there. Yeah. Yeah. So the more humidity you can provide to your plants, the fewer mites you will see, and that's it's also the advantage. To put plastic over it? Not in, if it's in the sunshine, because <clears throat> wow. uh, that becomes a little oven then, right? Mm-hmm. Basically, what you want to try and do with any sucking insect is try and knock the population down so that the plant can tolerate a certain level of infestation until you can get it under control. Oh, bingo. I understand that, yeah. Yeah, so that I, I wrote a little column a little while ago called Showering with Your Plants Down. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Not too hot, though. No, no okay, so it's called mimosa. 
Yeah. yeah, Mimosa. And and there is the company we mentioned is naturalinsectcontrol.com. Uh-huh. They they do all kinds of mail order of all kinds of different controls. Naturalinsectcontrol.com. Dot com, exactly. Yep. Oh, so, terrific. Thanks a lot, guys. You're okay. welcome. It should be longer, though. <laughs> all right. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Bye. Bye-bye now. And just to be technical, uh, mites, two-spotted spider mites, mm-hmm. are not actually insects. They're actually uh, insects. They're um, Erectus. spiders. Yeah. Yep. Eight, eight legs versus six legs. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I'm in the worst business because I'm afraid of spiders. Oh, you're, uh, is that right? Yeah. Really? See, and you I'm said not, you were a bug collector, but not a spider collector. I'm fascinated by them. I just yeah. don't want them on me. No, me neither. <laughs> yeah, no, you wouldn't like uh, the, some of those pictures you see people putting tarantulas on the back. I, know, I no, don't like that. That's, yeah. No, no. Sean says, draw the line right there. Yeah. Thank you very much. <laughs> hey, Joe in Hamilton, welcome to the show. Hi, Joe. Very much for taking my call. You're welcome. Uh, Charlie, I've got a begonia, I do believe. I looked it up. I think it's called President Karna. I think it's pretty common. It's got silvery kind of like specks on the top. It mm-hmm. comes up. It's really red underneath the leaf. Oh, nice, yeah. And uh, I've got it in a, you know, it went all gangly on me. So I cut it all back, put it in some water. And the leaves, as they're coming out, like they're uh, coming up fine. They look really nice and healthy. But the lower ones as more are growing, start to crinkle up and turn brown right on the tips. And it always starts right on the tips. Mm-hmm. It almost looks like there's some sort of insect on it. Mm-hmm. But building. I've looked and there isn't anything. But is it now in soil or is it still in water? No, it's in water. It's still okay. in water. Okay, so that's probably what's going on. Begonias will rot very quickly and easily in water. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I would. There are a few plants that we can actually take cuttings and root them in water. Uh, coleus comes to mind because you can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the toughest plant in the world. You can do just about anything to a coleus. Begonias, not so much. So, okay. if you're attempting to root. Okay, so you had a plant, went all gangly, you cut it back. Yeah. And so you're saying some of the cutting, the pieces you cut off, is what's in the water now? No, yeah, yeah. The stems are in the in the water, and they are growing in the water. I've done it before with this particular plant. Oh, you yeah. have. Are they rooting? And it it does root in the water without the bottom rotting. Okay. But it's the leaf that's coming up, and it's always the bottom leaves as the top ones are growing. And actually, the ones that are in the water right now, Charlie, have actually bloomed. Oh, nice. Yeah. Once you get them in the soil, that dying off of the leaves should stop. Okay, great. But, I was hoping maybe that's what it was. Yeah, and the other thing is, it, is it tap water that you're using? Yeah, but I always sit it out, like you said. Okay, good. All right. Yeah, because, I mean, that uh, Sean commented, it could be, you know, the chlorine, the uh, fluoride, that yeah. sort of thing that's in our tap water. Mm-hmm. is an, it are, These are salts, and some plants, begonias, can be very sensitive to salt buildup. So it, it could be that that's going on as well. But so, you're right to let it sit out yeah, overnight yeah. because they're very volatile. Chlorides and fluorides oh. evaporate. So yeah. that by the next day, that should be all gone. Yeah, yeah. Just keep changing oh. the water a lot. Yeah. yeah, I have been, yeah. yeah. All right, and I'll continue, and I'll put them in, in soil as soon as possible. Thank you very Great. much for your help. Hey, thanks, thanks Joe. Thank you. Okay. you bet. Welcome okay. anytime. Doors always open here in the Garden Show from AM740. Our guest today, Sean James from uh, Fernridge Landscaping as well, Eco Consulting Design, and, of course, Charlie Dobbin. Two master gardeners and, and in be- sandwiched how, in between how do you feel? is the under-under gardener. <laughs> Sous chef of the garden, Frankie Proctor. Hmm. Well, I feel really out, outdone. Um, Jerry in Toronto, what do you got for us? Good morning. 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 Charlie, I 
spoke to you before about my cactus plants. Mm-hmm. Now, I bought four cactus plants last summer because I kill everything else. And I thought maybe I could make some cactus plants survive. But I spoke to you before about this one cactus plant I had with big white blotches on it. I remember. You sent me I photos. Sent photos yep. And you said something about corking. Mm-hmm. Now, the white blotches are getting a lot worse. Now, I'm watering this plant here uh, once every couple of months, couple or three months, like it was initially suggested last summer. Mm-hmm. But the blotching is getting worse, like to the point I'm almost ready to go to Canadian Tire and get a can, and a can of green spray paint and spray them, you know? <laughs> but uh, I think I'm killing this cactus plant as well. I'm not, I'm not sure what to do about it. And it's in, what window is it in? It's a south window. Okay, good. And you are turning the plant every week? Well, I wasn't for, for six months, uh-huh. but then I, after, after I phoned you, I figured that was the mistake I was making. I wasn't turning it. Right. Okay. And so, and yet you feel that this is getting worse. It is getting worse. Yeah. The white, you know where the little spines come out on the, uh, the pads of a cactus plant? Mm-hmm. Around the area where the spines are, that's really getting white. Like around every place where the spines were, it's, it's all white, whitening. Mm-hmm. What wow. kind of cactus is it? What kind of cactus? Uh, it's, let's see, you don't know what kind of cactus it is. It? Well, it looks like a prickly pear with the large right. pads, but it's much more vertical. It's about a foot and a half high. Goodness. Uh, okay, so edema or corky scab. That's right. That's what you described it as when I sent you yeah. pictures. I've never heard of this before. Water-soaked blisters, warts, galls, especially on the undersurfaces, uh, blisters, flower stalks. Okay, now this is a referring not so much to – hold on. Let me go back. I know. It, it, the pictures were very consi- – I'll show you. Charlie, is it a fungal infection? Or, uh, no, it's, it's what... Physiological? I, it's just a physiological, oh, right. fr- I think, from... Yeah, now that... Yeah. All right, Jerry, leave this with me. I'm going to... I'll see if I can find out a little more information. Do you, do you put them outside in the summertime? Yeah, I do. I, I bathe them in the sun in the summertime. But I, had it one, I only bought them last summer, you know, because yeah. like I said, uh, I kill every other kind of plant, so I figured I might as well buy a cactus and see how I do with it. Hmm. Interesting. I, it's, there's, there's, there are so many things in the world that are challenging. It's the great thing about landscaping is that we're always learning I know. new stuff every yeah. day. And yeah. I, I really admire you, Charlie, because so many people will kind of guess. Mm-hmm. And, and it's wonderful to be able to say, I don't know. I'll look it up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a, it's a, a well, nice place to be. Well, I mean, you hate to send somebody in a direction sure. to start sprinkling and spraying and, you know, causing all kinds of stress that way. When sometimes, you know, it just it's the genetics of the plant, yeah. you know, and there are physical Physiological things that happen sometimes too. So, like I say, Jerry, leave it with me, and I'll I'll, I'll see if I can find out more about whether it, it would be appropriate to, you know, haul out some Bordeaux mixture and get a little bit of a fungicide on it to try and slow that down. In the meantime, you know, keep it away from drafts. Don't worry about you. Don't do any spritzing or humid, humidity kind of things for those cactuses, do you? No, I don't do that at all. I do that to my Boston fern, but not to this. Okay, perfect. And yeah, make sure that you've got the sunshine happening as much as possible. Turning whenever you know it makes sense. You know, watering very, very mm-hmm. rarely. And uh, and let me let me see if I can find out anything for you. I've still I think I've still got your email from before, and actually will uh, announce my email address for others who are listening who might want to send Absolutely. something in. Uh, and I, so I probably, like I said, still have uh, have your photos from before. So leave. yeah, you described as a quirky scab. Yeah, kind of yeah. Because yeah, when I looked it up, that's where I, where I went. Yeah. Opuntia. Hmm. 
Yeah, I'm going to show. I've got Sean here too. He's quite. He's quite an expert. So I'm going to show him what I've got here on the web in front as as well. See if we can. Thank you very much. Re- we'll right. report back to you, Jerry. Yeah. Okay. Either, Thanks either a lot. This week or next. Yeah. Okay. Whatever the case may be. Uh, we're coming up to a break time here, which might be a, a good thing to do. But as you indicated, uh, Charlie, I should give out that email address of yours and make sure that uh, folks know how to get a hold of you. It is C dot Dobbin. That's D O B B I N at M Z media dot com. Okay. C dot Dobbin D O B B I N at M Z media dot com. And you can take a, if any of you uh, folks out there who have a camera can take a picture or the phone and send it along to Charlie. It makes it so much more easy for for her to uh, diagnose what might be the problem. You got, mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. Okay. Well, we have to take a little bit of a break. Uh, before we do, shall we uh, do one more little bit of uh, my well, exercising? Some exercises, uh, yes, exactly. Yes. Okay, yes. now, Sean's not going to want to see your Lycra suit here. So no, don't I won't be, change into my Lycra don't suit. Don't be doing that. I mean, it was enough you came in with your shirt on backwards. Right? We don't want to see the, the Lycra <laughs> you, suit. You, you, you devil. You shouldn't do I did. I put my, my T-shirt on backwards <laughs> and a v-neck to the back at least it was i know that was pretty funny but that's so you frank yes. that's what i love about you yes of course and uh, the other thing i love about you is that you you're such a good sport and i can make fun of you and uh and, and do and you do put yes. your lycra suit on and he does his exercises just uh, i am and, sierra sill man and, yes, yes he is and uh yeah because keeping active is important for both of us. Well, sure. Now that the snow shoveling season is over, the lawn mowing and garden digging season is going to start very soon. I guess even initially it's going to start with lawn raking season. So uh, we've got lots of work and lots of reason to stay active and pain-free. And that's where Sierra Cell has helped both of us. Uh, Three little pills every day. I take now in the morning, as Mm -hmm. you do. Yep. Works. And uh, it works. And if you have aches or pains, it, you know, use that uh, analgesic. Af- after, yes. After you've done all that lawn yeah. raking and garden digging, your muscles are sore. Yeah. Analgesic topical spray, Sierra Sil. And by the way, uh, on their website, they have wonderful testimonials. So don't believe Charlie or I. Yeah, well, yeah. believe us. But, <laughs> you know, if you doubt what we're saying, check out their website. And that, once again, is S I E R R A S. I L Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And the sous chef of the garden, uh, yours You're truly. you the sous, sous chef. I am the under-under gardener of the... Uh, sous uh, squared. The Today. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> our special guest, along with Charlie, of course, is Sean James, who is from Fernridge Landscaping and Eco Consulting Design. And, and two master gardeners. And Sean is tweeting as we're sitting here, I would <laughs> like to point out. Most connected guy I think I've ever met. Okay, so what's your Twitter handle? At Sean Fernridge. At nice Sean. And easy. Sean, S-E-A-N. That's very good, yes. Fern Ridge. Yes. Okay. And, of course, I'm at Charlie Dobbin. Yes, so all are. of those... And we follow you. each other. We do. Oh, is that right? Oh, my <laughs> oh, gosh. Yes. Charlie, Charlie tweets wonderful stuff. 
Okay. And Thank I retweet. You. So it. Does, so exactly. I'm, we, ret- we retweet each other. There's so stuff. much great information out there available, and Twitter's a good way to get it out to people. It is. Yeah. It's amazing. Well, we've got a, a situation developing in uh, Wyoming, Ontario. I've got to find out from Mark mm-hmm. exactly where I passed through this. I know I have, but I just can't recall exactly where you're located, Mark. Can you uh, tell us where Wyoming is? Yeah, Wyoming. We would be about uh, 15 minutes just east of Sarnia. Yeah. Oh, Sarnia. Gotcha. Cool. gotcha. Oh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, we have a, um, a crabapple tree that we inherited when we bought our home, and it was uh, quite straggly. And I cut it right back and uh, cut it sort of straight off at the top And last year, and it's, it's done very well. It really thickened up, and it, it looked great. Um, I'd like to keep it trimmed. Do I, Charlie, do I trim all the little shoots that have come off where I cut, or do I trim uh, the, the, heavy, uh, the heavy trunk again underneath all those shoots? That's a hard one to answer. I, we actually had this um, with one of our jobs. Uh, the, the neighbor very helpfully came out and pruned the la- lady's nice crab apples right back. And like pollarding, right? Like, yes, like right yes. Um, so you want to avoid opening those old cuts if they've been made. You want to avoid doing that generally in the first place, actually. You want to cut it back to a side branch so that the tree can heal. But okay. if it's already been done, then thin the, the sucker growth, uh, taking out uh, about a third at a time, uh, choosing the best branches that grow outwards from the tree so that you can give it back that beautiful form and it feels if it feels a little heavy visually then thin it so that you can see through it so that you create a veil in the landscape and and that'll give you the all the beauty um and still not have it be overwhelming would you say that's yeah and so rule of thumb no more than one third of the tree at any one time crab apples we prune like now not on a rainy day of course but this time of year is crab apple pruning time and and sean's point is a good one that all, all that new growth that's grown as a result of the pruning you did last year needs to be thinned. So okay. anything that's growing to the inside and causing denseness and, and, and all kinds of crisscrossing on the inside of the canopy of the tree, all that needs to be removed. And if you go back in August and yep. thin again the tree won't work so hard to replace it. Mm-hmm. Just like you and I, you know, if, you, if something happens and you forget, you know, oh, wow, I needed those branches. I've got to grow them back right away. Of course, it's almost the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I'll just let that sit for a while. Spring rolls around and we go, there was something I uh, want it to do. Forget. So you get less sucker growth if you <laughs> yeah. reprune in August. Right. Again, okay. taking out no more than a third. A third at a time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, and, sounds good. And as, if anything's t- um, touching, crisscrossing, yep. you know, rubbing together, right away, that, that's got to be all cleared out as, yeah. as a priority. Dead, diseased, and damaged, then interfering wood, then you prune for aesthetics. Right. And most of the new growth, of course, has just gone basically straight up. Mm. Yeah. Suckers, um, they call those. So you want to you want to choose the ones that go outwards right. when you're when okay. you're selecting for the most. Don't think when you're pruning. Don't think about today. Mm-hmm. Think about where next year and five years down yeah, the line. Yeah. It's a long term thing. And right. and the natural form of a crab apple is wide. So okay. that's that's why you're going to encourage the width and uh, discourage anything that's going straight up. Right. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks Mark. For your call. Okay. Yeah. Bye-bye. Interesting, huh? From uh, Wyoming near Sarnia. Boy, we cover a lot of areas. We do. We've got to go on the road. You know that? We've got to take, we've got to take the show on the road. Show on the you road. can go from Damascus to Wyoming. Yeah. To, <laughs> that's amazing. Right. Yeah. Well, we're going to Etobicoke right now. There's Diana. Hi, Diana. Well, I'm feeling very, very difficult right at the moment. I'm so local. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. Did you say loco or uh, local? Pretty uh, much the same. All right. That's okay. <laughs> My question is um, on cactus. Mm-hmm. Um, I, re- I had 
two rescues that I've had for about eight or nine years now, and they're doing beautifully, but they're growing straight up, and the one is, is blossoming out on the top, but the bottom, I have to keep supporting it with, with sticks mm-hmm. on the bottom to keep it standing. It's getting so top-heavy. <laughs> How do I feel, get it to fill in in the bottom? You can't really force it to fill in at the bottom. What you could do, how, how tall is the cactus? Um, it's about a, almost two feet. Two feet. And what you, can, yeah, I mean, what you can do is put on your leather gauntlets, you get a very sharp knife, and you actually slice the top. If, if the top is all kind of showing new growth and new buds and it's, like you say, top-heavy, mm-hmm. you would literally go down maybe... You know, hard to say, I can know without the cactus in front of me, but six or eight inches from the top, you would slice straight across. Right between the two pads. Right, if there are two, yeah. Yeah, pads to go right between. Slice across, then that, that new piece that you've sliced off from the top goes over and it sits on a piece of newspaper just in a bright, open, airy spot for about a week. And uh-huh. during that week, it'll dry up. It'll get you know quite a bit drier than it'll it was when you cut it. And it's called a callus or a scab. Then you get yourself some cactus soil, really well-drained potting soil, a clay pot. You and take... four pencils. <laughs> That's what I use. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then you take that cut piece that has the dry callus bottom. You sit it on the surface of the moist soil, and you let it be. Don't don't. Other than to turn it every now and then, slowly but surely, some roots will grow. You can even Start plant it plant. back in the bottom of the pot with yeah. the other cactus if you want if it much room. thicker. Yeah, yeah, if there's room. Um, and I use four pencils to hold it upright if, I want, if it's an upright-formed cactus. Right. And that okay. way I dig a little trench in the soil, and then I use them like chopsticks even to pick mm-hmm. it up and move it around. And then I hold it. I pin it in place. Yeah. Not through it, no. but sort of on the side. Stabilizing sides. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Because at first, you're not, you never bury a cactus into the soil to, to root it the way you would a, a begonia mm-hmm. or a coleus. So it's, it's not stable at all until it grows some roots. And you, the last thing you want to do when you're turning it every week in the sunshine is destabilize it and slow down that root growth. And that, that's where the chopsticks come in. Like oh, little pins. Okay. Yes, go. <laughs> it's, it's funny because I never thought I would like cactus. Mm-hmm. I thought they were pretty ugly looking. But, you know, heaven help the first person even looks the wrong way at my cactus. I, agree. <laughs> I use them as starter plants for friends, friends yeah. who aren't, don't, aren't naturally green-thumbed. I'll give them a cactus, and then a few years later, I'll give them a spider plant, and I'll sort of work them up through horticulture. And I got one guy all the way up to an orchid. Wow. wow. Hey, that's good. It's also wow. good. It also depends. Like, if you have friends with basement apartments, you don't want to give them cactuses. No. You do need lots of light to do, to do well with yeah. cactus. Bucarnia oh. and um, cast iron plant are yes. good if there's very, very little light. Uh, ponytail palm. Yeah. Well, I had one that fell off on the side, one of the things that fell off, and I just plunked it back in the soil. Mm-hmm. And it's doing really well. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Well, you're doing some of the right things, for gosh make them so. live. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Diana. We have to kind of move along here. In fact, we have to go to a, a break here on the uh, Garden Show from AM740, Zoomer Radio. We'll be back with Sean James and, of course, Charlie Dobbin right after these words. Don't change the radio station. Just because the weather changes, garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And Frank Proctor, delighted to be with you on The Garden Show, Charlie, and, of course, Sean James, who is with Fern Ridge Landscaping. Let me with, the, he uh, owns it. He, well, <laughs> he is Fern Ridge. He is the <laughs> president, <laughs> El Presidente. And here's, well, they're located in Milton. Let me give you the address uh, here online, okay? Triple W dot Fern 
burnridgelandscaping.com, okay? And also with Eco Consulting Design. Wow. Now, before we go any further, mm-hmm. can you clear something up for me, Sean? Sure. I've heard the term and mentioned as we're talking here about rainscape. Ah. I don't know what the heck you're talking about. <laughs> Scaping for the rain. Sca- yeah, what is, what is that? Rainscapes are wonderful. We've, we've gotten so good at getting water away from the house, but then it rushes into the sewers and then it causes erosion in the creeks and so on. So there's a big movement afoot to um, about three meters, well, six feet from the house. You make a little shallow depression and then you plant it up with things like sparkleberry and blue flag iris and, and even potentilla and nine bark. There's all sorts of native plants and, and nativars, cultivars of native plants that you can plant in there. So you can have a more beautiful kind of garden that holds the water and helps it soak in. Oh. You get the water away from the house. Um, we usually put a rubber liner and some river rocks to, to slope it down into the rain garden. And then the water sits there for maybe 24, 48 hours and slowly soaks Percolate. into the ground. Down yeah. to oh, and it cool. cleans it, it cools it, which helps the fish, yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 really gets us back to the pre-development levels before we started building all these homes in impervious surfaces. It creates more permeable surface in the landscape. Even having a gravel pathway or a permeable brick pathway, mm-hmm. these are all examples of rainscapes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, believe it or not, even green roofing and, and rain barrels. Yeah. This yeah. all counts, but rain gardens are the most fun to do and the mm-hmm. most beautiful because you get to plant things you couldn't otherwise. Well, I'm glad I asked that question. Yeah. Thank you. That's a, a I'm terrific glad thing to keep in mind. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so the idea is keep the rainwater on the property. Right. Don't send it out into the storm sewers back into the lake where we're just going to, you know, treat it and, you know, run it in our toilets. Keep it on the property uh, and let it percolate down and rejuvenate the water table. Uh, fill up uh, all these things, you know, emptying right. of, uh, of moisture that's yeah. causing huge problems with all the development. We actually okay. did a whole big thing on Twitter about it. All you have to do is search hashtag ground chat. G-R-O-U-N-D-C-H-A-T, and you'll see all our tweets about uh, how to rain garden and where to rain garden and all the little okay. details. Ground we'll leave that with the folks. We do have another yeah. caller online sure, here. We have to Mary in Waterloo. Hello and welcome. Hi, hello. Mary. Yeah, hi. Good morning. Uh, hello, Frank, Charlie, and Sean. Hello. Charlie, yeah. uh, I have a bamboo plant, mm-hmm. and it's got four four stems, and the uh, the inner two are, are formed into a loop. So it's like a lucky bamboo. Yeah. Yep. But now my question is, can I remove the shoots on the hoop and will it grow back again or no? Oh, yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, I'm just trying to envision yeah. this. It's, it's in a dracaena. It's, it it's is a, a type dracaena. of dracaena. Yeah. So if you take it back to uh, before it starts, well, even as it starts to turn, wherever you want, really, uh-huh. then it'll grow from below that. Yeah. yeah, if you cut the tips off, you're saying? Uh, no, the whole, the whole shoot, like. Yeah. Or just the tips. I'd leave some. I'd leave like three or four inches at least. Uh huh. Well, if you look at the the stems of the lucky bamboo, which is as we said a dracaena, there are little lines on the green stems. They're almost like a yellow or a That's white. That's right. Yeah, line. like a ring. That's right. And each of those lines, which you're right, go all the way around like a ring, uh-huh. is a spot where there is a bud. That's fast asleep, and you can't see it under the green. Uh-huh. And if you cut the tip new shoots will sprout from each of those little lines. Really? Those are called the nodes, and at each node, a new little tip can grow. And this Uh is the perfect time to do it, because Mm -hmm. even houseplants are just waiting to grow. Oh, they're just bursting. They're loving these longer days. (laughs) Well, thank you very much. I enjoy your show tremendously. Well, bless your heart. Thanks for your call. Now, you know, we have one more caller we might be able to squeeze in. And you want to squeeze her in because you like her. (laughs) She's a Molly. I love the name Molly. I don't know what the heck there is in that, but that's me. Uh, Molly in Etobicoke, uh, welcome 
to the show. <laughs> Hello. There you are. Uh, good morning, all. Good morning. This is a question about mulch. Mm-hmm. I have eight bags of mulch that I bought last year, which I was going to use this year. Mm-hmm. But it's black mulch, mm-hmm. and somebody told me that there's an edit- additive to it. Now, is this true? Well, it's dyed with dye. vegetable oil. Yeah. Uh, it's better to use uh, comp. You can actually mix that with a good rich compost and then put it on. That'll mm-hmm. help. Mm-hmm. Um, you so, want you want uh, mulches to have a lot of organic matter in them. If they're just wood, it's going to not be great for the garden because the the bacteria that breaks it down will take nitrogen from the soil, so you get stunted growth and chlorosis. But you can use it. Just mix it with compost. Yeah, I mean the the only additive to the black mulch is the black dye. Yeah, and it. Which is organic, frankly, yeah. and it is yeah. frankly water soluble. It will yeah. eventually disappear, and you'll have It'll gray mulch. <laughs> so, in other words, okay. you're okay, Molly. I yeah. think. And and you know what? We're out of racetrack here. We have to kind of close <laughs> up the shop. Thank you very Thanks much for, for joining call. us, though. Thank you for answering my question. Oh, Our pleasure. Right. Well, what a what a treat it was, uh, Sean James, yeah. to meet you. Thanks and for coming wonderful. all really the way from Milton. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was great. Let's Fantastic. do this again. Absolutely. I would love to. But you're so busy. You probably will never get a chance I'll to come again. I'll make time for you. Well, Aww. now there you are. There you go. <laughs> okay. Well, so it's been very fun. Thank you, Franklin. Couldn't you're welcome, Charlie. Couldn't do it without you. It's been lovely meeting you. Nice and, meeting you, Sean, and, and Charlie, as usual. Thanks to Justin. He does a lot of good work on the other yeah. side of the glass there, and none of this would be possible yeah. without all their great callers. And I'm so on, thanks on the way to, to them. say hi to a whole bunch of special friends in Cedar Valley. Oh, yeah. yeah so you have more later fr- on this afternoon. Oh, are you? Okay, yeah, good, good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. You, anybody else you want to say hello to? The no, dry cleaner? Uh, no. <laughs> anybody you met yesterday? Yeah, well, I always the get people accused. on the streetcar? Mom. <laughs> We're <laughs> yeah. late. Mom. We're late. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks again, everybody. See you all next week. The Garden Show is brought to you by the Urban Nature Store. Everything for folks who love wild birds. Six GTA locations, including Woodbridge, Mississauga, and Oshawa. Visit urbannaturestore.ca. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.